Hey, welcome to the Four Outdoorsman. It's Drew Man here. Boy, my voice is a little goofed up because I was cheering for Tampa Bay at the Minnesota Twins ballpark today. I, uh, I, I worked the ball game today. The last couple of games I worked, Twins sucked. I think I'm a jinx. It's, I went. Uh, uh, I went on Friday. And it they, was awesome. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Butt. Maybe fireworks. You should, be, you should become an usher. No thanks. Yeah. Anyway, the Four Outdoorsmen are back on the air. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for our sponsors and listeners, everybody else. And, uh, boy, we just heard a young lady named Alana on the Homegrown Show just before us, and she was hot. So uh, thanks for listening, uh, for playing for us, Alana. That was great. Sam's here. You're back from Boston. Mark's around. I'm here, and uh, Brandy behind the glass. Sam, how was Boston? Boston. Oh, man, it was a great time out there. Now, remember, there. this is an outdoor show, so don't talk about the wedding inside the church. Talk about what happened outdoors in Boston. You know what I got to see outdoors that uh, made me think of fishing was a beautiful part of the town was the Boston Harbor. Uh, is that where the Boston Tea Party was? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't my know. guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know where the it's just beautiful. Everything was you know it's part of the Freedom Trail, Paul Revere's house. It was uh, you know we parked a car down there and uh, <laughs> took a walk <laughs> by the harbor. Mac. By the harbor. I was thinking of the woman that rented our farm as a kid was from Boston. Mac, you want a Pepsi?cle Mac. <laughs> <laughs> It was really cool. <laughs> My wife and I had an opportunity to take a, a old person's bus tour through Boston and, and the you know and all the New England states. It was and, it a tour to see old people, no. or it was only open money? <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a large women's uh, the large women's fishing, uh, fishing tournament. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, uh, we had a great great time. One of the things I did we we went to Boston as well and spent a couple of days there ourselves early. And you don't want to drive through Boston. We didn't do that. We did oh. we did the hop on and hop off. But one of my highlights was uh, I toured the ballpark there. Yeah, we, we looked at doing it, and they, Boston was uh, away because they tour it. You can do a tour, right. excuse me, when they're away. Right. Um, but just schedule didn't work out. But, yeah, I thought about that. And we where we stayed Very cool. was right across um, the block. We were about a block away from the TD Garden where the Celtics were playing. And so even though they were away during the championship, it was still like – pretty hopping down there with all the the Celtics game going on but yeah it, it was absolutely beautiful did you hear I just read this in the morning paper the St. Paul Pioneer Press <clears throat> and I was at the ballpark I worked the Minnesota Twins today and on my break I read the some of the sports page and some guy the New York Rangers are playing the Lightning uh Tampa Bay Lightning yep. and they're in the finals no they're the semifinals for the um, NHL and after the game Tampa Bay won three to one who knows what what the score was as they're walking out, some guy, one New York Rangers fan, cold cocked. I mean, just turned around. A, a, a Tampa Bay fan was behind him while walking out of the ballpark, and the New York Rangers fan just turned around and blasted him and knocked him out wow. just because he was a New York whatever. I mean, a Tampa fan. And uh, somebody tried to interview. And he, he, the guy took off, and someone chased him and says, "Hey, hey!" and tried to catch up. And the guy turned around and blasted that guy. And someone got a video or of this guy, and they got him. They got Good. him. Good. Yeah. You could kill someone doing that. <clears throat> Absolutely. <laughs> someone yeah. falls, hits their head on a curb or something, lights out. Yeah. I've never uh, – I've punched a lot of people, but nobody fell down. <laughs> I'm telling you. you know, yeah. And every one of them – every one of those girls beat the crap out of me. But <laughs> I'm not a very strong man. How was your week, Marky boy? Uh, it was good. It was good. Not too much in the outdoors. Just, no fishing, uh, huh? No baseball, no fishing. Just all baseball, um, five nights of the week. 
um, getting a lot of stuff done. So I've rented a cabin the last couple of years, and now I, I I don't. So I have a lot of home projects I need to do. So you can still come to Chautauqua, I've been Wisconsin. Doing that, but you have been a fishing machine. All I get is pictures of you traveling the state of Minnesota. In in backwoods, you know, giant panfish and uh, tell you what, you got to you got to schmooze, but you got to develop relationships and maintain relationships. Don't have them on the air and say, "Hey, thanks for being on the show. We'll call you next year." You got to schmooze, BS man, and get some of that free crap. We, uh, if I can speak on behalf of behalf of both of us, Mark, um, you are the glue to that with our guests, man. And yeah, you uh, you do a great job, and I know I could schmooze a little bit more with some of the guests we have but man sure you are yeah but you have four kids mark's got three kids you have a life and all of that but like, like but it's I, your personality you're the is. you're the best um person that i know that keeps content constant yes. contact it's probably developed through real estate that yes, helps probably I, I, I suppose it has where yeah. it's benefited you to be in constant contact with as many people as possible i got very very follow lucky. up you have follow up you have uh just a personal connection with everyone. I take pride in that, but I have fun doing it. And it's a selfish motivation. I like to get free stuff. You know, I don't mm-hmm. care if it's if it's uh, Devil's Lake. I don't care if it's Balsam Beach Resort. They're wonderful people, great places to go. If they're going to be on our show, I want to I want to become their friend. And one of the guys I maintain a friend friendship with is Jerry James. I met him through Babe Winkleman. Yeah, you know, I went that to, golf tournament. Yeah. And when, uh, when we golfed with Babe Winkleman, yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah, and and Craig Bennett was there. And anyway, so. Uh, and Jerry James is a backwoods fisherman. He's a great man. Not only because he does that stuff, he's a good person, and he's fun to be with, and he's not afraid to, let's go, the farther I go, the farther I want to go. As I'm in. You yeah. know, and he thought, you're seven years old, man. How far can you go? I can go as far as you can, pal. And we busted our butt, did real well. He's going to be our second guest at 640. Jerry James and his wife, Jane, are wonderful people. Put me up. They're in, uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly where they are because uh, – uh, well, you got to do that. He, he takes pride in, yeah. in what he does. He has a number of lakes in the backwoods. Mm-hmm. I have what us in there, so that you've got to be prepared to do some chainsawing and stuff to get back there if you want to go fishing. And that's what we did. And so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain his privacy forever as long as I can go fishing with Jerry James. I'm looking that's forward awesome. to 6:40. That'll be a lot of fun. I have a little uh, outdoor part of the week. Um, I sent this. I don't know if I sent it to you, Stu. I sent it to Mark. I uh, finally got my first couple bear on camera. On the property, oh, in East that's Russell. cool. Yeah. That's cool. We uh, Nick Munt uh, from the Bone Collector came over about a week and a half ago, and we were just talking. He gave me a bunch of uh, Big and J, who's a sponsor. There's some like feed and uh, different mineral stuff, and he had this spray. It smelled like very, very sweet corn, and like we put up a little barrel and like. Uh, Did your nipples get hard? <laughs> Um, no comment. No, okay, I just I know you get excited. It's when you still on it. my fingertips if you want to smell it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but uh, we we spray goes all the deer love this stuff and goes. But I guarantee, like within a couple of days, a bear. I was like, I haven't had a bear in a couple of years. And the next morning, I got I'm in That's Boston. Exciting. Got a picture of it was a nice black bear. Yeah. And then literally two days later, a, a mom and a couple of cubs came through. So there was a uh, article in the outdoor news about that how how bears seem to be creeping south and south. I mean. That seems abnormal. Like I had a a bear in my neighborhood in Lima right, Lakes. Right. Yeah. You you have bears all over the place. That seems unheard of 15, 20 years ago. Oh yeah. yeah. There was one in uh, Y Zeta or something like that. You know where we meet for the Bible study at yeah. Old Piper Inn? They yeah. had one in the parking lot there. 
Really? Yes, in Blaine, right off of Highway 10 and 65. <laughs> and there's no, like, it had to walk through neighborhoods to get there. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it flew. What do you mean it had to walk through neighborhoods? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that it's not next to a national preserve, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's like... Uh, I was driving on 65. I see this bear hitchhiking. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, hey! I'll just pick him up. Where, where are you going? I'm going up by the old piper. You know, the old piper in. telling me no, but we usually don't do this. Toots is the driving bear. Yeah. But yeah, that it's is, kinda, that it is, is pretty cool. And I don't know if it's... You now know, let's shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know that they, they've done some bear tracking. You know, they, oh, they, they put a little chip in them to see how far they travel. And, yeah. you know, they've had bear travel from, like, Alberta down to Iowa. You know, they, they, they travel like crazy. And, you know, I, I believe it's mating season for them, so I don't know if the boars are just out and about traveling, um, you know, probably looking for food. It's hot, but... I don't, and also maybe wolves have an impact of it. There's a lot of more wolf population up in the northern parts. So it is pretty interesting because there's a lot of woods farther mm-hmm. north than we are right now. Yeah. Why come to the Twin Cities to look for food and do your kind of deal? And a lot of part of it is because we feed them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. think how easy yeah. it'd be for a bear to just go trash can to trash yeah. can. Yeah. If I was a it's bear, like I would smorgasbord like, yeah. Yeah. on every house in yeah. the neighborhood. It's like trick or treating in an apartment yeah. complex. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. All the barrels of garbage, you, and they're not picky. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just that's dumpsters funny. everywhere of food. Yeah. I was panicking though because I had about a few hundred pounds left of that food in my pole barn. I don't have the garage doors on yet, and I'm thinking, well, I'm a boss. I'm like. That bears in our pole barn just tearing everything up. Oh yeah! <laughs> Thankfully, it didn't get raccoons. In there. Yeah. Might that's for hey, sure. Hey, I got a Those couple of a couple of really quick shout outs here. We'll do some uh, some uh, too. yeah about uh, we'll do some Barron County police reports here sometime tonight, hopefully. But uh, I work for Twins today, and I, I brag about the Minnesota Twins. It's a great organization. Organization. It's my seventh or eighth year, and something happened today where I, I was had a great section right by the dugout box between third base and home plate. One twelve. Uh, 111. 111. And a that young, was a good guess. A young kid and his mom and another kid, maybe eight years old, seven years old, were in the first row. And I, I like to smooth with everybody. And, and I see the kid with a baseball. He got a baseball early in the game, and he was all excited about it and knew some people up in section up in the third third deck. So he goes up to show his buddies. He drops his family, whoever's up there, drops the baseball, and it goes boom, down the, under the seats, down the steps, down the steps, down the steps. And all of a sudden... Nobody knows where it was. Somebody picked it up, and nobody would give the kid the ball back. This what? is a true story. And he, they would not claim the fact that they put the baseball in the pocket, whatever the case was. And he asked me if I could help. I can't help. His mom went up to the third deck to ask questions. That didn't work. I talked to Karen, who is our team lead, and she's one of the greatest, funniest, most energetic team lead in Twins organization. I said, man, we need some help here. This kid lost a baseball. She contacts Patrick, who is our boss. All of a sudden, within 10 minutes, here comes down a baseball signed by um, Thielabar. And uh, I walk up to the kid. I said, do you, do you find that baseball yet? No, I never got it back. And I held this baseball up, and literally he started to cry a little bit. Oh, wow. Man. It was really cool. And he ran up to his mom. It was the coolest thing in the world. you know. So cool organization, Minnesota Twins. Well, and thanks to Karen uh, and thanks to, uh, to Patrick Forsland, who helped put that thing together. That's, that's So Caleb Thielabar's name is on that baseball, and it'll be full of mud tomorrow. But that's okay. That's, what, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, that's what makes people connected to baseball the rest of their life. I oh, think yeah. so. It's a memory like he'll never, ever no. forget. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 the 
the like you said, Mark, like that he'll never forget that. It'll he'll tell his grandkids about that, and yeah. he'll forever be a twin. And I gave him I gave him one of the radio uh, business cards, Steve Strasinski, the Four Outdoorsman. You know that, that kind of crap. I love no. the plug. Yeah, that's fun. But anyway, no, cool, cool so experience. Now he'll know so, if he loses something, he'll get something even better next time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, yeah. Why why even get a job, man? They keep, it, people, keep people keep giving me stuff. Yeah. So thanks to those guys. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Well, I have a lot of um, shout-outs here tonight. Um, thank you, everyone, for writing in. We have a bunch of them and a couple new ones this week. First one is Jesse Koskinimi. said, we had a great trip to Texas. A decent access deer looked at dinosaur tracks, checked out some caves, copped some largemouth bass, shot a 50 BMG off a tank and an M60. What an awesome time America. Chase and I had. Man, I got to go to Texas. That sounds like all things I want to do. My good friend Matt Newman says, had the opportunity and pleasure to fish with my sister, Melissa, and nephew Gunner. Had a bunch of nice ones to take home, fun times, and precious memories made. I can't wait to see you again, Matt. Hopefully we can get together soon. Tim Waldher says, nice bass, Drew. Had the good fortune to catch this 13.5-inch crappie last weekend that's a beauty, beauty yeah that's justin a beauty. zeiss with the 27 inch walleye blah 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 our blah, friend blah. will goble says listening from the river tonight the flatheads are starting to come out and play peep the stickers uh craig rudolph jr says forgot the pictures of the walleye he caught but he's got a picture of some fillets so that looks good so uh and Cameron Jacob says, catfish and cocktails on the Mississippi. That sounds wonderful. By the way, I forgot to bring some walleyes or, or crappies for you guys from our trip, but I will make sure you guys get some. And speaking of schmoozing, Will Goble, of course, is a good listener to the show. He's on the river right now. Uh, that's my buddy. And, and Willie Boy, I'm going flathead fishing with you some, one of these days. We live close by. St. Croix River is only 15 minutes away. I am in. I'll that's go. a lot of fun. I'll go on that one. He even. didn't ask you. Well, he's uh, well. He has a four outdoorsman sticker on his boat. Yes, he does. That includes all of us. <laughs> yes, he does. It's not a yes, true sticker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another shout out to a guy named Kyle. He's a uh, he's a uh, one of the Lyle uh, Lyles, one of the uh, Lions Club members of which I'm a member of, and and we. We did a volunteer thing yesterday or two days ago for the blind. You're raising money, that kind of crap. And and uh, uh, Kyle is is Anderson. He's with the Lions. Been longer than I have, and he's. Uh, he showed me some pictures. He loves to fish, loves <clears throat> to fish. And they were fishing in Detroit lakes last year someplace, crappie fishing. And I saw the, I show you the photographs maybe later on. He catches a crappie, bringing the crappie up to the boat. What well, comes along? A big old northern. Grabs yeah. it and grabs it like perpendicular-wise, mm-hmm. not the down-the-mouth thing, the wide lengthwise, and grabs this crappie, and it sits right in front of the boat with this crappie in its mouth just floating around, not doing anything, and it's still on the line. <laughs> now, the, now, the, the uh, uh, muskie's not hooked, but the crappie is, and the muskie's kind of doing its thing. Now, it turned it. into a muskie. It was a no. northern. Now, it's a muskie. It was a muskie. It was a muskie. Oh, okay, it was a muskie. I apologize. So, anyway, this so, hammerhead shark came up. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the whale swallowed these ladies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the muskie, the muskie's laying, and it wasn't even moving, so what he did, he went and... Netted the muskie. Oh, cool. He nice. netted the muskie, brought it up, and took the crappie out of the, the muskie's mouth, dropped it in water, and it swam away. And That's he never, awesome. yeah, isn't he, that cool? Did he that say how cool. big it was? It was about probably three feet, maybe 36 inches. It wasn't a monster, but it's a big that, That's mark. like 60 inches right there, what you're holding up. Well, I'm a, <laughs> He's not I'm, big of a, guy. I'm a fisherman, but that's a cool story. To catch a crappie and a muskie cool. takes it out of you. That is so yeah. cool. And he, he netted the muskie. So, Kyle, good for you, young man. He loves to fish as well. So that's a lot of fun. It's so crazy how often that happens, that chase, you know, like, yeah. or follow, I mean. Uh, it's so fun to see that and 
even with like smaller northerns uh do it i love it it's it's such yeah. a fun thing as a matter of fact, we'll be able to put this thing on probably our facebook page because i got a video from his wife when he sure. when he edited that thing. yeah it's send pretty, it to me oh it's a pretty, yeah i want to see that it's a pretty cool deal have you ever caught a muskie i have not it's uh one thing i would really really like to do but i i have never caught one i haven't either have i haven't you, even Mark? gone for one I I don't think I have. Do you I, have any bait for it or anything? <laughs> I do have all the stuff. <laughs> um, I I may have caught one as a young man in Hayward, you know, just messing around. But I've never caught one fishing for muskies. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've never I've never I've had a lot of follows like um you know <clears throat> like I said catching a crappie and a, and a muskie will come up and swarm. Yeah, me follow. Or, yeah, but I've never landed a muskie. I've never ever been. Specifically targeting muskies before. Yeah, I think it's a lot. I did it's once, be a lot of work. I Too did much a musky fishing tournament. Never caught a thing. Really? I spent the whole weekend trying, but never caught one. Hey, talking about never, never catching a thing. I told you about Jerry James, the backwoods fisherman. He he, he was there fishing on Hill Lake in Hill City. Him and he and Babe Winkleman, mm-hmm. and it's a, like a local JC thing. And there's like 50 teams, and he brings in Babe Winkleman for this walleye tournament. And Babe shows up with his sixty thousand dollar boat, all these decals, and all these local people are, you know, Babe. Win- there were uh, I think no 25 teams that came in 24th. It <laughs> <laughs> happens. Yeah, that's funny. Babe. So you just that's why they call it yeah. fishing, not catching, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, one other thing I was going to tell you about, and I can't think of what it is, but keep on going. How many Barron County things do you have? I've got a few. We only have one minute. Should no, we do we'll, do that. we'll do that we'll later do on. Later. We'll do that later. Okay. Who do we have on tonight? Now, one more shout-out to Byron Ellardson. Byron Ellardson mm-hmm. is a, the walleye king that has caught <clears throat> 110 10-pound walleyes. He took my son Nick and his entire family, his wife Pam, and the five kids. They got old. i got to be careful. Hannah, Henry, Haley, Heidi, Hogan. Got them all up there. And took them all fishing, and they did wonderfully. A couple of 28s, a couple of 26s, 25s. And even if Byron hooked them, of course, he gave them to the kids. They want to have some fun. And we're going to have Nick on the show next week for 10 minutes to give to tell a few stories. But one of them I'll share real quickly is what Byron gives Henry's about, I don't know, 12 years old, the rod. Because he knows he's got a big one on. And Henry hasn't fished much. And he's doing like most of us, all of us did when we were kids. He's got the open open reel upside down because mm-hmm. he's left-handed, right? Yeah, right? We don't switch that stuff around, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a wonderful time. So thanks to Byron Ellison. You're a wonderful man. And I can't wait to uh, meet with you and talk about this trip. We'll have Nick on next week just for great. 10 minutes or we so. We never had your son, Nick. On. It'll be a lot of fun. Cool. We'll be right back with Michelle Karstensen of the DNR. So uh, be nice, people. Be nice. We're going to talk about, uh, what's it called? Avian flu, also Ah. known as the bird flu. Wow. Just enjoying Bob Outdoors with the four outdoorsmen on a Sunday evening. It's a good thing. We all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there, and you'd ice fish every day if you could. Sam here. I prefer sunshine, 70 degrees, sight fishing for panfish, or trolling for walleyes. And if you're like me, it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Wait a second. There's no opener on Devil's. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot limit. Devil's Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out devilsleknd.com. 
call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional AC repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your AC goes out on a hot summer day. Don't sweat over a unit that's on the fritz. Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any AC system and can get your cool air flowing again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your AC goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it's too late. DazealHVAC.com Looking for the perfect northern Minnesota family summer vacation? Then you must check out Balsam Beach Resort and RV Camp just south of Bemidji. The fishing on Lake Plantagenet is great, but the emphasis here is family. The cabins are beautiful yet rustic, the grounds perfectly maintained. The beautiful pool is heated and there are plenty of water toys to keep the kids smiling all day long. See for yourself why many guests return year after year after year. The four outdoorsmen included. Visit balsambeachresort.com. Mark here, and this week was my first appointment at Everett's Men's Health. I'm pleased to say I've never got such a complete body assessment and exam. I sat down with Gabe, and we're going to work out a plan together to get my health back in order. You two can schedule a $50 testosterone test, including blood testing, body composition, and consultation with one of Everest Men's Health's medical experts at one of their three Twin Cities locations. Go to EverestMensHealth.com. If you're headed to northern Minnesota to fish the Boundary Waters or maybe one of the many lakes surrounding that area, then check out Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely. Sam here from the Four Outdoorsmen, and I highly recommend you to stop in and see our friends at Arrowhead. Not only are they the largest live bait and tackle supplier in Ely, but Arrowhead Outdoors has been around since 1970. That's 50 years, over 50 years of serving the outdoor community, so you can definitely expect to get all the tips and tricks from any of those surrounding lakes. After stocking up on all your tackle needs, make sure you follow them on Facebook to get a daily fishing report and to see the big fish being caught. Make it a tradition and stop in at Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota. Landcastle 2022 and the Winstead Outdoors Show presented by Burkon Outdoors is September 9th and 10th in Winstead, Minnesota. So grab your fish house and come stay in the state's largest campground of ice fishing houses. Design the fish house of your dreams from Smoky Hills Outdoor Store. Shop in our vendor market and see popular ice fishing products on site, including booths from Clam, Ice Castle Fish Houses, and new ice fishing gear, a custom pub with food from Big Boar Barbecue and beer on tap. Tickets and details at LandCastleSummerFest.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft-shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Tis the season of camping, boating, and fishing, and you don't want to be left out because your trailer's broken. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove can fix it and get you back to the outdoors. Crystal Welding offers a wide variety of services, including welding, maintenance, and repairs for all types of trailers. Crystal Welding is your one-stop shop for all of your trailer needs. Go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding. Solutions. Service. Results. Crystal Welding gets the job Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? 
Sick of supply chain issues excuse? PowerLodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. Hey, it's Jeff Jones from your No Repeat Workday. I just heard about this blowout slipper sale from MyPillow, and I wanted to tell you that for a limited time, they're $90 off a pair of my slippers. I went for the black suede moccasin style. As soon as I put mine on, it was apparent that the two years they spent developing these things was well worth it to make sure they were comfortable not only for inside but outside use as well. They took the MyPillow foam, added an impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and then wrapped the whole thing in quality leather suede to make sure that they not only look fantastic, but they are built to last. Get yourself a pair. Get your spouse a pair. Heck, if you want to stock up on Christmas gifts right now, you can get the whole family taken care of. $90 off each pair of my slippers for a limited time when you use the promo code Bob at MyPillow.com. Or you can call 1-800-606-7812. Again, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Bob or call 1-800-606-7812 and get $90 off a pair of my slippers. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball. Find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Total Country Bob FM. Hey, welcome back to the Four Outdoorsman, everybody. I have too much fun here, you know what I mean? I just have too much fun. Um, you know I'm what a, I learned? Well, I, what did you, you learn? Sunflower seeds are not a good snack to bring to a radio show. And you know what no. I learned? What? Never to five trust words, you. Five words you do not want to say when you get into bed with your wife. Oh, oh boy. You have the button ready, Brandon? No, 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 no. This <laughs> Sam and I both go. My finger's Uh-oh. on the trigger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I found a wood tick. Oh, yeah. That'll freak your wife out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially mine. Last yeah. night was not a good night when we got to bed because uh, I just came back from the fishing with the backwoods fishermen and... and uh, it was, you think you showered and all kind of crap and showered twice and changed the next day and I got a wood tick? You got to be kidding me. They are thick this year. And yeah. I'm terrified of that Lone Star tick that could give you an allergy to red meat. Well, what? Did, <laughs> yes. The lo- but here, ah, I, I, tell a lot, I tell a lot of people about the Lone Star tick. I'm very I'm a connoisseur in ticks, okay? <laughs> He's a the, tick man. The yeah. Lone Star does not come any more north than the Missouri-Iowa border. Well, good They're for saying you guys. They found hey, them here. No. I tell yes. you what. Where? Which one, in which one gives you limes? Hey, we have a deer. guest on the line, and she oh. knows all about Lone Star Ticks, and she's tired of hearing this crap. Yeah, <laughs> we need to hear about this. Michelle Carstensen, do you know what a Lone Star Tick is? Well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> 
How are you? Can you hear me? Because you sounded like you could not hear me that well. Can you hear us very well? I can hear you a little bit fuzzy, but right. I got you guys. All right. So these guys are talking about Lone Star Ticks. Do you know what a Lone Star Tick is? I do. It's one that's on its way marching north to us, you guys. So uh, be prepared. Oh, my gosh. Is it true that it makes you allergic to red meat? <laughs> it does. And one of my colleagues actually has it. Oh. And, uh, yeah, cannot eat any red meat. Ever again? So or does it get better? this tick. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, like Mark asked, do you, do you know if it does it ever go away? Does it get better? Or are you always going to be allergic to red meat? No, it, it does dissipate, but it will take years. And so what? this uh, colleague of mine has had it for several years, and she could bring some things back in uh, her diet, but uh, a lot of the main red meats are largely still out. You know, that's one of the reasons we have people like Michelle Carstensen from the DNR, because I said, does it go away? And she, of course, threw me under the bus and said, it dissipates. <laughs> you know, she's, 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 these DNR people, they know what the hell they're, they're talking about. They're they smart. They know what the hell they're talking about. Michelle Carstensen, uh, you're one of my favorite guests because you're one of our first guests. Maybe seven years ago, we did something in Lionel Lakes, and you were nice enough to shop, stop by with your husband when you were doing the, the moose stuff. And uh, we have you on once or twice a year, and it's really nice to have you. But we got something special. First, let's talk about Canadian fishing, all right? How do you get an opportunity to go Canadian fishing twice in one month? That's not fair. <laughs> Life is good, guys. That's all I can say. Yeah. Two back-to-back Canada fishing trips are awesome. Yeah. Another reason I like uh, this lady so, so much, not because she's DNR, not because she's been on the show a couple of times and she knows what she's talking about. She's good-looking, and she rides a Harley. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's a, those are two good things right there. How did you guys do in Canada? Well, we uh, we started out Lake of the Woods uh, over Memorial Weekend. We were on the Manitoba side, and uh, the walleye bite was good, and uh, the water was high, as you guys already right, know. So right. we ended up kind of getting flooded out toward the end of that uh, that weekend. But we shifted gears to Ontario after that, and I just got back yesterday from a week fishing in northwest Ontario, and uh, it was awesome. Boy, good for you. Do you find when you come back from a vacation, I don't care if it's four days or ten days, that you need a couple of days to recoup? You just can't go right back to work and get into it. It's hard to do that. It's hard to come back. I kind of hoped that they wouldn't let me back across. <laughs> I okay if I got stuck there and forced to fish longer, but... Yes, they let me in. Hey, speaking of that, what are the complications going from here to Canada these days? You know, it's a lot smoother now. Um, we, uh, you know, you do the Arrive Can app ahead of time, and uh, it's a pretty quick entry. But one thing to pay attention to is no poultry products are allowed across raw poultry because we're going to talk about high path avian influenza in a bit. But that's the reason. And so, uh, if you cross at Fort Francis, uh, you're going to see coolers full of eggs on the U.S. side, where the the folks trying to cross are being turned around and having to leave their eggs behind. So, uh, word to the wise: buy your poultry products in Canada. Well, Stu usually crosses borders with raw poultry in his pockets, so that's a good <laughs> note. <laughs> I do. You're talking to a man who flew a steak from Las Vegas to me. In a steak wrapped in his pocket and that he had, and he gave it to me. It so, was in yes. my suitcase. I was trying to be nice to you. I brought my wife had filet mignon, or uh, no, no, she had prime rib. I think is what it was. And we were in Las Vegas, and my wife and I. And I know Mark because he loves to eat. So I brought some, I brought some leftovers home. I didn't refrigerate it. I was only gonna be home twenty four hours. It was so delicious. It, it was, was delicious. Fun. It was fun. Hey, let's talk about what you're talking about now. You were in charge of the moose 
research program, which was the brainworm deal and for a long, long time, a number of years, and that was a fun experience. I had a chance to go to Grand Marais with you and your gang and see exactly how you collar moose and all of that. Now you're on to the next level. What are your responsibilities now, and let's talk about that. Yeah, one of the, the big events of spring that hit Minnesota, as well as many other states, was an avian influenza outbreak. So this is a virus that naturally occurs in wild birds, waterfowl in particular. So there's a lot of strains of this virus. And now that we've all been through COVID, uh, we kind of know what virus strains do. They mutate and they change. Same thing with this kind of virus. And we ended up uh, having a virus come into the U.S. in early spring, late winter really into the southeast that was really lethal to wild birds as well as poultry and that thing lit you guys it took off across the u.s and you know by the end of may it was already in uh, 36 states you know over 200 flocks of commercial birds had to get put down over 50 million birds were euthanized wow that's a lot and, and on the wild bird side you know, something unique was that it was killing wild birds. And often wild birds are pretty robust to it. They can, uh, they're used to the virus. They've evolved with it. But this particular strain, it killed a lot of waterfowl. It killed a lot of raptors. Some of the bald eagle success rates for nesting dropped 30% in some states like Florida. So it was a, a really um, busy <laughs> time of year for us taking dead bird reports and also collecting samples to help, uh, you know, inform how this virus is changing and mutating in yeah. wildlife. Mark, go ahead, Mark. So did it uh, affect predatory birds mostly because they're attacking infected chickens, or how, how does this thing really spread? Yeah, again, it's, it's, so it's ducks and geese and shorebirds primarily, and so the birds that were, so they were dying, as well as birds that feed on them uh, and basically make hay with a lot of, you know, uh, uh, dead birds on the landscape. So raptor species, we had a lot of eagles and owls um, and hawks that were found infected and brought into rehab centers only to die, you know, shortly after. Um, and so we even had a few loons affected. So this virus is circulating in these waterfowl species, so they're in their environment. And as the temperatures stayed cooler this spring, that makes it easier for the virus to stay viable longer. So the virus will die quicker when it warms up and gets dry. So coming into June here, things have gotten better. But end of March, all of April and early May was the peak of this outbreak. And we had, you know, over 700 reports of dead wild birds that uh, staff took for DNR. Michelle, you talked about it came from a different country or something. Had they found the origination of this, of this disease, of this virus? Where this it particular came strain um, was a Eurasian strain that moved across uh, the ocean with wild birds, so moved on their migratory route. And in Eurasia, these viruses circulate pretty much annually. But in the U.S., we haven't seen a strain that's been this lethal since 2015. So it was a new event for us, and again, different than the 2015 event in the sense that it was more lethal and really involved wild birds. You know, when snow geese started migrating up from the south, the virus moved with them. And oh it was just like a trail of dead things on its wake yeah. till wow. it got up into, into northern Canada. Um, and, uh, and it was, uh, you know, something that's unprecedented for, for the wildlife side as well. Hey, Michelle, Sam here. i got a question for you. So I live in East Bethel on some acreage, and I found, I believe it was a turkey vulture, um, just dead. Uh, underneath a tree i didn't touch it but do you think i didn't see any like 
wounds on it or anything. Like a coyote, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I didn't even think about that, but do you think that could have affected that? Absolutely. Yeah, we've confirmed the virus in Minnesota in turkey vultures. We've had over 24 species in Minnesota, 55 counties, and uh, you know, over almost 300 birds that we tested just in Minnesota that had the virus. And we're only testing a subset of what gets reported to uh, us. Yeah. So turkey vultures absolutely would take advantage of finding some uh, dead waterfowl to consume and yeah. likely you know, introduce the virus that way. So what do you recommend for someone who would eat a dead turkey, turkey. vulture they found? I'm just joking. What should I do with it? Should I bury it? or? Oh, well, not eating it's a good thing. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it, the virus will dissipate, um, okay. especially now that it's June, quite quickly. Yeah, you can bury it. You can also, you know, pick it up and put it in, uh, in your trash. You can use a bag to grab it so if you touch it. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now we think things are getting better because of the warming temperatures. So we're having less reports, less mortality events are happening. So we think we're on, you know, the flip side here, we hope. I think I read in the St. Paul Pioneer Press a couple of days ago, Michelle, that they found this virus in two, not coyotes, maybe it was something in Michigan, coyotes or fox or something that like that in Michigan. Could that be possible? And is that, should we be concerned about that? We did find it in red fox kits, so you're right. See, I know what the hell I'm talking about. We found it in Minnesota, yep, as well as Michigan and um, also in Canada uh, and Wisconsin. So it it appears that red fox is pretty susceptible to this virus, but the young of the year. We haven't had any adult foxes reported with the virus or, you know, died from it. But those young of the year kits, they just didn't have enough of an immune system to fight this off. And, you know, they're obviously scavenging on, again, this dead waterfowl that are that are on the landscape and being exposed to the virus. And it, it's possible other mammals like skunks, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, raccoons potentially, things that are feeding on waterfowl could have some mortality, particularly their, their young, young of the year, which would have a, you know, more of a weakened immune system at this point. You know, you're talking about uh, – what it's been, what it takes to to take care of this and research it and all of that. I know we had a big surplus this year in the budget, and the DNR has so much money to spread for conservation and more lakes and more ponds and whatever the heck is. Now all of a sudden there had to be how much how many thousands and thousands of dollars. All of a sudden we got to start doing research on these things, this virus that we didn't have to last year. That's going to be taken away the, from the pot of the stuff we can do productively. That's that freaks me out. That kind of concerns me. Well, you know, it really cost the state a lot more on the domestic side. You know, so there was general fund appropriations that happened, you know, when the regular session was still going to help poultry farmers that were getting, uh, you know, basically their entire flocks um, euthanized and trying to make those folks whole. On the wildlife side, you know, we didn't really spend a lot of game and fish dollars. We spent, you know, money, uh, staff time going out, but all of the testing was covered under federal dollars. Yeah, okay. So they have a federal system that really supported that effort. And what you'll see coming into this fall is you'll see my staff and I out uh, when we're duck hunting. And we'll, we're going to be checking, uh, you know, bag checks and swabbing ducks at that time, looking for how the virus may have changed between now and then. So you Not get... that we think that the birds are sick, but again, it's learning how the virus can change over time and trying to predict if it's going to come back in a aggressive form again. So here's a lady who gets paid to go fishing in Canada twice in one month. Now she's going to get paid to go duck hunting and check yeah. on a bird once in a while. you got to swap the ducks. I guess you do. Someone's got to do it. 
Hey, Michelle. Life is good, you guys. Life is good. back to that. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Hey, thanks for what you do. I know you work really, really hard. Uh, it's a lot of fun talking to you. And, and keep us posted on this because it's a big, big deal. And, uh, you know, I... You're smarter than I am. That's all I can tell you. But uh, I guess I'm guessing you missed the the moose research. Wow! Speaking of moose, I had 16 sightings when I was in Ontario last wow, week. That is like a new record. I was girl. so stoked. Had a girl. And uh, you know, I don't know why this spring was uh, so good for seeing them, but maybe the, I tell you the gnats were out. So maybe they were as miserable with the bugs as we were on the yeah, front end of yeah, that. Yeah. But a lot of moose sightings, and the moose definitely showed signs of winter tick. So this was a pretty bad winter for winter tick. And in Minnesota, we saw it too. We had dead moose reported that had a lot of hair loss. So, yeah. so if they made it through, you know, um, it was tough. But with those deep snows we just had and uh, a long winter, which was kind of miserable for the humans, but it's good for moose. So the ticks that fell off them in the spring, they're going to die. So uh, we're hoping next year it's a better moose year. Our count was pretty good this year, so uh, hopefully our, our moose will still be doing okay. Your job never gets boring. Michelle Carson's in Minnesota DNR. Thanks for being our friend on the Four Outdoorsman, and thanks for giving us all this insight because it's fun to have you on the, on the air. You take care of yourself, all right? Yep, thank you. You better get back to work. <laughs> good enough for me. Take care. <laughs> All right, who do we have next? Hey, we got the Jerry, Jerry James, the backwoods fisherman up in northern Minnesota. I can't tell you where we were, but we had a good time. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Balsam Beach Resort, the only resort on Lake Plantagenet, and that's five miles south of Bemidji. With 2,500 acres of pristine waters, you're going to find some of the best fishing northern Minnesota has to offer. Balsam Beach has been owned by Patty and Clint for nearly 30 years, so you know they treat their guests as family. There's something for everyone from swimming, biking, hiking, daily activities, even Friday night bonfires, or just relaxing in the sun. Let the simple pleasures of fresh air and sunsets do their magic at Balsam Beach Resort. This week was my first trip to Everest Men's Health. I took a blood test, a complete medical history evaluation, and a body composition test. I'll tell you, I need some work. But I'm ready, and the staff at Everest Men's Health were friendly and helpful. Next week, I'm going to review the results with a health care professional and start a plan to get my life, body, and mind back in balance. You can schedule a $50 testosterone test with blood testing, body composition, and consultation at EverestMensHealth.com. Yeah, we got to talk about that over a beer, you and I. I tell we you do. what, before we do that, you can't say Ely without thinking of Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota's best bait and camping store by far. Hey, whether you love walleye, pike, panfish, or trout, Arrowhead has more variety of bait and tackle than any other store for many, many miles. And Will Goble 
One of our good friends, one of our listeners says, thanks to Chris and Steve for helping us make our last three weeks up here unforgettable. Your tips on where to fish and what to use were the reason we did so well. That's cool. Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota. Hey, neighbor, what you doing? Cutting wood for my Heatmaster outdoor wood furnace. I saw you had that installed last year. How's it been working? Uh, it's been amazing. Saved myself over $2,000 in propane costs last year, and I was able to deduct 26% off my income tax because my Heatmaster is high efficient. Really? You used it all last year? I hardly saw any smoke coming out of it. That's because it's so efficient. I only burned about six cords last winter, and all the wood came from those trees that blew down on my property. That's amazing. The Heatmaster really is good for the environment. How can I get one? Call Matt at Mid-Minnesota Energy. You better call today if you want one for this fall. They're running a promotion till July 4th, so now is the time. I'll call today. Heatmaster has one of the best quality products with the best warranty in the industry. All furnace orders placed between now and July 4th are entered for the chance to win a new Steel Wood Boss Chainsaw. Place your order today by calling 763-314-HEAT or visit MidMinnesotaEnergy.com. MidMinnesota Energy. We treat you right. What's the difference between a good net and a great net? Simple, it's all in the features. The Fortis nets by Clam Outdoors are tough, safe on fish, easy to use, and are backed by a limited time warranty, so you can count on your landing net catch after catch. Available in a wide array of options for all types of anglers, choose from various hoop shapes and sizes, handle lengths and colors. You pick the net that fits your fishing needs and style the best. Learn more at clamoutdoors.com. Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? Power Lodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. Thank you, back Brandon Baxter, behind the the glass for helping us out, man. He's such a great guy. Love he really him. is. You know, we should hang out, Brandon. We should. No, we should. No, no, I don't like people without hair. <laughs> oh well, that's just bigotry. That, that means a lot to me. Oh, Sam doesn't have hair. <laughs> I don't have. A, I don't have a whole lot of friends. Uh, I'll tell you what, hey Jerry, uh, Jerry uh, James is probably tired of hearing about the avian flu. Uh, and what's the other one? The, what's the tick? The Lone Star Tick. The Lone Star Tick, where you can't... Coming near you in Minnesota. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like just a cruel thing to make you allergic to red... Yeah. Why, why can't yeah. there be a, you know... It's the vegan tick, where yeah. you can't eat vegetables afterwards. <laughs> I want to ask Jerry James the same thing that I asked Michelle Carstensen. San Francisco Hang tick. on a second. Uh, Jerry James, have you ever heard of the Lone Star Tick? Are you there, Jerry? I am. I just got here. All right. Have you ever heard of the Lone Star Tick? No, but you know what? I see why you uh, put me after that girl. No one was done listening to her. <laughs> and, it was uh, that makes me look kind of bad right off the right off the bat. But uh, I guess I kind of know you, so I should have expected that. Yeah, you should have expected. That's no, cool. I haven't. Yeah, it's interesting that she knows somebody, and so does Sam, that had got bit by the Lone Star tick, and it's coming up north apparently. 
And when you get that, you are you are allergic to meat. You can't eat red meat. meat. Red meat. The best meat. Yes, and that crazy. We don't want to get any. I'll tell you what, though, Jerry. I just came back from fishing with with Jerry James and uh, the Backwoods Fisherman, and uh, I said uh, to Mark and, and Sam before you got on the air, what are five words your wife does not want to hear when you get into bed? Into bed, and then one of them, it's like. I think I just found a tick, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I found a th- I found three of them when I got home after I took a shower. Three of them after I took after I took a shower. Wow, wood ticks are amazing. Where were they hiding? Never you mind. <laughs> I had to. Uh, I, I, t- I tell you what, if uh, if uh, we saw a lot of wildlife, and if wood ticks and mosquitoes count, we saw a ton of wildlife. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we yeah we went we went through the woods. Had a great great time. Jerry, tell us a little bit about your background because you are a fishing fool. You would fish seven days a week if you could, but you got to work as well. Where were you born? How you got into fishing and all that kind of good stuff? Then we'll talk about our trip. Well, I guess I've been fishing as long as I can remember. That's all my dad ever taught me. I wish he had taught me how to change oil in the car. (laughs) I'll be out of fish and hunting. That was it. That's all I ever knew. All right, but, we, uh, uh, when you do it every day, you better be good at it. Yeah, that goes for anything, I guess. Well, it's a lot of fun. And as a matter of fact, the first day we went fishing, we were up northern Minnesota, and Jerry knows a couple of lakes they likes to go back to. And the first day, his wife said to him, and not his wife, his lady friend Jane is a wonderful lady. They've been together for a long, long time. And Jerry normally likes to go back to these woods prior to taking somebody with him to make sure everything's all set. He decided, nah, not this time. I will be all right. So what happened, the first morning we went, we went 15 miles on a, on a four-wheeler, Ranger 4x4, side-by-side, whatever you want to call it, and we get about maybe 300 yards away from this lake that I don't know where it is. And what happened, Jerry? Well, first of all, I felt terrible. We went that <laughs> far. I mean, I got up at 3 o'clock that morning. Yeah, I was up at 3.30. We got through quite a bit, but there was just one tree the size of the Suburban we couldn't quite get through. He's right, yeah. So we thought, okay, now what? This was fun, Jerry. Now do we go fishing again? Nah, let's go have lunch. I don't know what we – no, we went fishing for crappies, I think, or something like that. But uh, it changed – what I loved about it is that you were able to adjust. You you, you have to make adjustments. You've got to think on 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 the cuff every once in a while. And you still got us on some fish. So what what, what happened after that? Um, watching you set the hook with your arms and not the rod. Well, that was I was using. <laughs> yeah, I was using your rod. He has better he, stuff than he, I do. He would jerk really hard, and the rod tip wouldn't move. Yeah. I, I, I tried to figure that out for a while. I'm five seven, 140 pounds. <laughs> no, but anyway, give me a little credit because the stuff that I have is no good. I always bring my crappy stuff. To make these people like Jerry make feel sorry for me, and then they, he said, "Listen, why don't you use this rod? I'm in, pal." Then I'm always then I really piss him off because I've always got to switch the handle of the rod to the other side because I fit, I, re- I real left-handed, you know. I think only ten percent of the people do that, but I didn't want to bother him at first. So the first couple of fish I caught with his rod, I had to set the hook and try to ride real right-handed. It's it's it feels funny, so I felt funny trying to set the hook right-handed. But after that, when you complained or bitched at me you have to admit i did pretty well actually you did pretty good um you know it's hard to get the hook into them they, they bite down a northern bites down so hard that that you need a lot of force to get that hook you know the force that's on your rod tip isn't isn't the force 
that of the hook in their mouth. There's so much stretch in the line. And people don't realize how hard you got to set the hook and over and over and over again. Yeah, that was interesting. As a matter of fact, after the first lake where we got stopped, we went to another lake, a small lake, 12 acres uh, in Diane. I mean, 12 acres, and that's not a lot of water. And I don't know how it doesn't freeze out. And the first wall, the northern they caught was probably 35, 36, whatever. It was nice. It was a nice northern. It and was we, a nice one. And he thought, boy, we are in. And he's going to, he said, I'm going to get you a 40 incher. Well, it never happened. But uh, we caught some nice fish back there. That was fun. And then it slowed down a little bit. And we went to fish for some crappies at a lake that was, he's been to this lake hundreds and hundreds of times. And he said, this was the hardest in his entire life that it was to get back to this water. It was a mess. Talk about that, Jerry. Well, can I back up and tell, can I pick on you just a little bit? Yes, yes, you can. (laughs) Brandon, record this. Yeah. Okay, so, so, Drew is going to, Make sure, that, I mean, there were so many mosquitoes, you could hardly see through them. And uh, so Strew had this homemade head net. Yep. Well, if the breeze blew, it stuck to the side of his face. It did, so yeah. I, I had duct tape on it. just bite through it. Yeah. And then uh, he had a headlamp, which is in my car right now. You I, forgot it. I forgot about I'm that. at it. Yeah. He took a little flashlight and some pretty good tape, whatever it was. Gorilla tape. It to his Taped it to his uh, to the top, the bill of his hat, and it worked. I couldn't. I. It's hard to not laugh at somebody. <laughs> what do you mean it worked, man? I'm like I'm like That's red. True, man. I learned that from Red but, Green. But yeah. he caught a lot of fish, so yeah. so I guess that. Really, all that matters. Yeah, it was funny because I do have a headlamp, and, uh, and you it, have a shoestring for a belt. No, I no, and, not, uh, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I use a bungee that, cord for belts sometimes, but that, that headlamp, like a twelve to eighteen inch one. Should, that looks like something you should have on when uh, when it's uh, you. Uh, you know what a redneck? I can't remember. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. You might yeah. be a redneck, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. You a picture of you in the back. Well, don't don't throw that away. I forgot it. I put it when we when the daylight came. I took it off the visor of my cap and duct taped it to your dashboard. So next time I come up in this summer or something, I want to see it still duct taped to your dashboard. Then we went to a we caught a couple of nice northerns. Came back, had lunch, and went to a place called Harry's in Hill City, a little on a bar. And honest to God, and Jerry says the same thing. It was the best cheeseburger. I've ever had, and the bread was real fresh and, and mm, soft and all that. Go on. And the onion rings were, it was just fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, then we decided, do we have to go fishing? And uh, uh, we left a lake that Jerry could see big bluegills and northerns, I mean, and crappies right off the dock. It's why we going back a mile. So uh, I, I caught a walleye about five pounds and another one about right off the dock. Uh, a pound and a half. Yeah. And all those bluegills and crappies right kind of where we could have pushed the boat out yeah, yeah. and he i said are you sure you want to go and where we're gonna go because there's a lot of fish right here and he i said, said yeah. absolutely let's do it yeah i'm 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 one of those guys the farther i go the farther i want to go so we hop on his ranger in his ranger which is a very very nice vehicle it was until we went through the woods and we we scraped it up pretty good we had we got stuck between trees we had we had to we had to literally saw down trees because he was stuck between trees. And it was a, I couldn't believe true, what. True, Jane is listening. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jane. I'm sorry, There was Jane. no scratches. No scratches, no nothing. But uh, um, 
So we, the, well, I sent you guys a video. Maybe you posted some of this on our yep. Facebook. But as we're getting ready to go to this, this second lake, and it's about a mile, and it was – we went through – swamps and things like that i'm thinking how does this thing even get through this those are amazing machines and we got it was just it was crazy and it took a lot it was a lot harder than i anticipated it would be but i would never i would not miss it i would do it i'd do it again even if it didn't, didn't catch any fish how did you find out about that lake when you were a kid uh that's the lake we always fished my dad um my dad would take us there he'd put a bucket two buckets up on the seat and he'd say fill this one with crappies fill this one with sunfish and uh he actually had a stroke back there and almost died we brought him back for the summer um after he retired and yeah he loved that lake a ton there's i've caught so many fish if i told you how many you wouldn't believe it Tell us, uh, tell us the pre- the presentation you th- you that was working for you. What's funny about this guy? He caught the first three big, beautiful bluegills, big, beautiful bluegills, and then for some reason decides to change his lure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've always said whatever works, Jerry will just change it. Yeah, yeah. So what was uh, what was what was working so, for us? So you know when they're on their beds and they're in shallow water. They'll, they'll just attack anything. I mean, honestly, it really doesn't matter what you use, but if, if it's in the right spot or even close to them, they'll even, when they're in their bed, they'll even pick a jig up. They'll pick a plane hook up. They'll pick a rock up and, and put it in their mouth because that's the only way to move it and just go and move it out of their bed and spit it out. Tell them, tell them some of the action we have with bass on that lake. Tell them what happened. <laughs> Well, many times. Screw had a little trouble with bass. <laughs> Every time he ca- half of the time that he casted, bass would take his bobber. <laughs> the bobber, the bobber the itself. Hook when the bobber was in the bass mouth, I said, "Screw, you better set that really hard to yeah. get that hook that's a foot and a half underneath it into the bottom of its jaw or someplace." The bass were literally hitting the bobbers and making the big swirls and the splashing. I'd never seen that before, and that was one heck of an experience. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to go to a little lake, and then um, when when you get there, you can look at it, and if it's dead, it's dead. If it's alive, you can tell. Yeah, it it's, was. Your weeds move. There's little t- just stuff moving all over. We Plus, you see cows standing up. Yeah, we didn't have enough time to to survey the entire lake. We actually uh, stayed mostly in the same area for about an hour and a half and just kept catching some beautiful bluegills. couple crappies. I caught one bass, which was a nice bass. But over that, it was it, it was unbelievable. Just to work that hard and, you, and you, you're, you're rewarded for that, that was a good experience. So uh, where's your next fishing trip, pal? Yep, you know what? You come up again, and we'll do it. Might be a little different, but uh, we'll get on them. I can do that, Jerry. I appreciate you as a friend. I appreciate you taking me back to Beep Lake, uh, Northern Minnesota. Beep Lake, write Beep, that down. Beep, Beep Lake. B e e p. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, we'll do it again. I'll bring some a couple of my buddies up there as well, and we'll go out to the main lake out there and try to catch a few copies, uh, crappies rather, and and go have a bite to. And I'm going to kick your ass in a, in, a, in a game of pool. That's what I'm going to do. 
Oh, boy. That'll be a tough one. Yeah. He was number 16. <laughs> he was in a tournament about 20, 30 years ago. Uh, number 16 in the state in the Masters as far as uh, billiards players. Nice. So he's a great player. I didn't know you were a pool player. We'd have been playing. We wouldn't have got up so early. I'm guessing you're right there. Jerry James, uh, the Backwoods Fisherman, thanks for my couple of days up there. Thanks to your wife, Jane, as well. And uh, thanks for being on the Four Outdoors. We will stay in touch. When you guys come to the Twin Cities, you're my guest, all right? All right. Thanks, you guys. You yeah. got a great show. And we have a lot of fun. Take care of yourself. That's a lot of fun. Hey, thanks to Jerry James, the Backwoods Fisherman, Michelle Karstensen, the DNR, and the avian flu lady right now. Thanks for turning around in that area. We got to go. Sam's going to say goodbye. Mark's going to say goodbye. I'm going to say goodbye. But eh, Marky's got some advice. Get outside and make some memories.